Okay, uh, real quick here, stack of the week. Uh, what do you got, Brian? Uh, my stack of the week is Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson. Very good. Uh, my stack of the week, I'm going to go out there and go Ryan Tannehill, Jarvis Landry. Brick stacks of the week. Stacks of the week. DFS lineups. Uh, thanks for joining us again this week. We're entering week 10 now. A uh, bit of a trepidatious week for DFS players as news of uh, some litigation came out today regarding New York. Um, we won't talk too much about that, but it is, it is uh, an interesting thing to look into if you have the time. There will be plenty of articles on that in the upcoming week here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting times for the DFS community, that's for sure. Right, Brian? Very interesting. we got the New York Attorney General giving uh, cease and desist orders to both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. We will see. they got five days to respond, and then it uh, looks like we're going to enter a world, world of uh, litigation. And uh, we'll see. The, the states are probably going to fall like dominoes, so let's... Uh, Let's get as many weeks in as we can. Looks like uh, we're, we're not going to have many left, so uh, I'd love to win you some money this week. All right, great. Um, well, uh, just a quick recap of what happened in week nine. Uh, hopefully you made some good picks and you went out and got some of that money. Uh, some picks that we went over here that, that worked out well for us was uh, our Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree stack that we had. Um, I know uh, Brian and I also did uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown stack that worked out real well for us. Um, D'Angelo Williams had a huge game. Delaney Walker, which was one of Brian's picks, um, had a monster game. Um, the Jets' defense was a good play uh, for, for us. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you just do the time to take the research and... and Pick the right plays. You know you're going to win some money week in and week out. Uh, so, hopefully, you listened to some of our advice, did some research of your own, and had a good week. Well, uh, we did a lot of research for you. So, hopefully, uh, we can save you some time this week and give you some more uh, key key picks. Yeah, and that's a good point, Brian. One of the things I wanted to mention was was one of the main reasons that we do this podcast is that we know that. A lot of people don't have the time to put in this research and to look up all the defenses and and do all the analysis. So we're trying to do it for you early in the week so that you'll have time to listen to this podcast whenever you can uh, before Sunday morning and you can get your picks in. Where are we going to start this week, Rick? <clears throat> you want to? I was thinking that maybe we should start with some of the the high Vegas lines because really Rick and I both start our week. Uh, of planning by looking at the Vegas over-unders for total points per the matchups. And, Rick, before we uh, went into the QBs, I was thinking maybe we would highlight the 1, 2, 3, 4 highest scoring projected point totals this week. All of these are about a touchdown more than the next grouping of point totals. So we got Lions at Green Bay at 48 points. Uh, Saints at Washington, 50 points. Jaguars at Ravens is a 48-point total. And then our highest point total of the week is the Patriots at New York Giants, 
55 points today. Um, these are always changing, but we figure that uh, the, the grouping of the high point totals it, it fluctuates in total points, but they're still going to be most likely Vegas thinks the highest scoring games of the week. Yes, that's a good point, Brian. We do normally, when we look at our picks, we're starting out with what does Vegas see as the high point totals because you do assume that, you know, if a team is projected to score 35 points, then you're thinking they're going to score at least four touchdowns. Somebody's going to have to get those points. Uh, So that's why we look at the Vegas lines. Vegas um, does a lot more research than we could ever do, and they're usually more right on things than we are anyway. So it's good to look at those things when, when you're making your picks. So uh, QBs, you're going to do QBs, Rick? All right, yep, here we go, getting into our QBs. Um, and one thing that I wanted to mention was that, again, last week kind of showed us that paying up for the top price quarterback is not always the best idea. Um, in cash games, I don't mind playing up for quarterback, uh, and, and we'll talk more about cash games and, and tournament games later, but in cash games, I don't mind paying up for quarterbacks because I think it's generally a good idea to find a guy with a high floor, um, but you'll notice that tournaments, it's not oftentimes the highest priced quarterback that ends up being the top, the top play of the week, or even in the top five of the week. Uh, you look at Tom Brady last week, he didn't finish in the top five in quarterback scoring. And there were a lot of guys who had huge value that finished way below, uh, that finished above Tom Brady. And when you look into the analysis of it, you, you really should be able to predict uh, those, those types of things. So without any other further ado, I'll go into some of my picks for this week. Um, and a guy that I am really high on this week is Blake Bortles. Um, now, he had an alright week last week. He went over 20 fantasy points as they were coming out of the bye. Um, this week, he's priced at 7800 on FanDuel, which is the 7th most expensive quarterback. Um, and he's a much better value on DraftKings, where he's only at 5600 uh, which is an absurd low price. I mean, I mean, to put some perspective into it, he's $3,000 less than the top-priced quarterback. Um, now, I don't think that his output deserves him to, to be there, so I think he's a great pick. Um, they're going up uh, against the Baltimore Ravens this week, who are ranked second. Uh, they have the second-worst defense against fantasy wide receivers, giving up fantasy points per game. Um, last week against the Jets, Bortles threw for 381 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and the Jets have a pretty good pass defense, and he was on the road there. So they're on the road again this week, but he has a much better matchup, so I do expect him to score higher. Um, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns are, are both getting the ball downfield and, and getting a ton of targets. They're getting open a lot. Um, this offense is moving. This game is, has the third highest point total, according to Vegas, uh, at 48.5. And, a half. and the, the Ravens are actually favored by a touchdown at home, so the Jags should be throwing late in the game. Uh, So, you know, Bortles, he was kind of a hot name that was thrown around there earlier in the season. Don't give up on him, guys. Um, He had a bad game in week eight before his bye, but then since then he put up 20 points last week, um, and he has a great matchup again this week, and he's got the receivers to get it done. Um, Another value guy that I'm going to throw out there this week, and he might be a good play just because he might be under-owned, 
due to the scary matchup on paper is Derek Carr. Um, now, Oakland is playing against the Minnesota Vikings, who have a very good defense. They have a very good pass defense, um, but they are traveling to Oakland. Um, they're playing all the way on the West Coast there. Um, and one thing that Derek Carr has shown us is that he has the ability to get it done no matter who he's playing. In his last three weeks uh, since, since coming out of the week six bye, Carr's thrown for 923 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only one interception. Um, he's had at least three touchdowns in each of his last three starts. Um, he's just been getting it done. He's got Michael Crabtree. He's got Amari Cooper. Uh, he's got that young tight end, that rookie tight end who's playing real well. Um, and again, I think that the Vikings will struggle a little bit on the road in Oakland. Um, he's very cheap at only 7500 on FanDuel and 5800 on DraftKings. So if you're looking for someone who can put up quarterback one through five numbers, uh, Derek Carr could be the guy again this week. Brian, did you have anything you wanted to add at the quarterback position? Oh, well, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has, um, as you put it before, a really, really high floor this week. Um, he's going to be the highest-priced quarterback on FanDuel and the number two-priced quarterback on DraftKings. I think if you're paying up for a quarterback on DraftKings, Aaron Rodgers is the way to go. Um, the uh, Detroit Lions give up the third-most points per game, the third-most points versus QBs per game. Um, they give up uh, a, a ton of yardage. Detroit's uh, defense is going to give up points to the Packers this week. It's just where, where are they going to come from? Um, and I think that Aaron Rodgers' floor is, is high enough that if you're going to pay up, he, he's the way to go this week. And uh, that's, that's a good point, Brian. Something I want to add there is Rodgers is actually a steal on DraftKings this week. Although he is the number two ranked quarterback, he's $1,100 cheaper than number one Tom Brady. Um, so the, their difference on, on FanDuel is only $100 difference, but their difference on DraftKings is an $1,100 difference. So Aaron Rodgers is a great value on DraftKings despite being the number two, two value quarterback. I think it's... It's, it's good to talk about historically what, what's happened. So last week, uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots played Washington in what Vegas determined was going to be the highest scoring point total of the week. This week, Vegas also selected the New, New England Patriots versus Giants as the highest scoring point total of the week as well. Everybody, uh, a lot of people said Brady's the guy you got to play in cash games. And last week, he wasn't the right play. And again, this week, we're kind of looking at this trap here where it's the highest point total of the week again. And Brady is, you know, on paper, the guy that you should pick. But, you know, last week, he didn't do it. This week, you know, it's a crapshooter. Are you... What do you what do you think, Rick? Is this week is is Brady going to do the opposite of last week and be a good quarterback when everything looks the same? Well, that's that's a good point, and you know I think a lot of it really does come down to game script. And last week, although the it was a high point total, you know we did 
we did expect that Washington was going to struggle on the offensive end. So we did kind of foresee that maybe New England wasn't going to be having the pedal on the gas the entire game. That's a good point because last week the Patriots were favored by two, like 13 points. Mm-hmm. This week the Patriots are favored by half that, seven. Right. And so this week playing against the Giants, I do expect the Giants to be able to move the ball and score more points um, than Washington was able to last week. So I think that the New England does have that going for them. Um, but even when you look at it, I mean, Tom Brady last week, I think he scored something like 19 points. So even in what wasn't a great game, because he, he wasn't in the top 10 even in quarterbacks, um, he's still going to get the job done for you, depending on, depending on what tournament you're in and where you're spending your money elsewhere. But at such a high price tag you really got to look for the guy who you're sure is going to produce. And that's where I do think you're right. Aaron Rodgers is the guy this week. Um, like you said, especially because since they're, they're on this, this losing streak now, their offense hasn't looked great, um, I think they're going to come out and really make a point to, to score some points this week. So, I mean, if, if, you, want a, if you want a quick recap, we got Blake Bortles, we got uh, Derek Carr, we got Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Tom Brady at your own risk. All right. Uh, I think those are some good picks. Um, moving on to the running back position, uh, Brian's going to give you some guys here that he thinks are some good plays for you. So running backs, I'm always – when I'm starting my running back search, a lot of times I'm looking at the Vegas Lions again. I'm looking for home favorites. Uh, at running back. So teams that are favored heavily to win at home, you figure, are going to be running the ball. Controlling the ball, running the ball. This week, we have D'Angelo Williams against the Cleveland Browns at home. Uh, This afternoon, the Browns, the Steelers were picked by four and a half. So they're home, favored, uh, their starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, is hurt. All signs are pointing to them running. D'Angelo Williams looks, to me, like a great running back. Last week, he was awesome. Um, I expect no less from him this week. Y- you figure uh, Landry's not going to open up the field like Roethlisberger did, but w- Williams is jumping in on the pass game. Uh, he's the man there. And the, uh, and the Browns' defense is just horrible against the run they are they've given up the most yards on the ground this season um and they've they've they're giving up over 20 points a game to opposing fantasy running backs so i mean the browns defense has just been atrocious so i think that's a good pick and a, and a good one to target uh not only i i think d'angelo williams is going to be the rb1 this week in terms of if, if you're picking the highest point scoring running back and he's the fifth highest on DraftKings and the sixth highest on FanDuel. So there's a ton of value um, in D'Angelo Williams until those websites kind of catch up with his productivity. Um, Number two on my list is Jeremy Hill. And, you know, hear me me out. Uh, He's a home favorite, large home favorite over the Texans, over 10-point favorite, so two scores. Cincinnati's at home versus a... Uh, 
Texans defense that's been really bad. They give up the ninth most points to running backs. They give up the sixth most yards per game. Um, Jeremy Hill is the 13th ranked running back on DraftKings, the 13th highest priced running back on DraftKings, and the ninth highest priced running back on FanDuel. Um, you know, they split time touches between Hill and Bernard in Cincinnati. But my, my logic here to pick Hill is Cincinnati's going to be up and they're going to be running and they're going to want to control the ball. And I think that running back out of the two is Hill. Um, do you have any, uh, you know, if in some value guys this week, I think LeGarrette Blunt is, is a big value this week. Again, uh, highest point scoring, highest point total of the week is the Patriots-Giants game. Um, there's going to be points scored in that game. I think LeGarrette Blunt again, is going to get a heavy dose of the shares. we got a Deion Lewis injury lingering. Belichick is hard to trust. You know, he, he's really hard to trust, and I always kind of hesitate to pick these New England Patriots running backs, Rick, but, I, you know, I, 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 LeGarrette Blunt, I think, is going to be a, a good pick this week. Yeah, and I'll, I'll chime in on that because that's a hot topic this week with Deion Lewis uh, out for the season with the, the ACL tear. Um, happened last week during the game. Um, so there is a lot of talk about who is going to fill in in this New England backfield. Um, and just to kind of... The history of New England and Bill Belichick does say you never know who's going to get the ball next or who's going to be the next feature back. Um, But it does seem like this team has the formula of LeGarrette Blunt is the big every down back. And then Deion Lewis, who even though he was early down back, he was the more two-minute offense, catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, you know, quick back. So I think that... You know, these guys, James White, Brandon Bolden, they're definitely going to see some some work. They're definitely going to fill in for the Deion Lewis share of the Patriots' backfield. But LeGarrette Blunt isn't, you know, his role isn't going to change on offense. If anything, it's only going to increase. He already had the goal line work. He's going to unanimously have it now. Um, you know, they've been blowing, the Patriots have been blowing teams out, and, and LeGarrette Blunt is Bill Belichick's closer. He puts them in when, when he needs to control the clock and eat up possession. So I think LeGarrette Blunt's a, a great pick again this week. He's priced at only 6900 on FanDuel and 4900 on DraftKings. Um, so I would agree with you there. He's a good pick this week. Some sneaky picks, I think, this week. Uh, Matt Jones of the Redskins. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. You're looking to save some money. Matt Jones, I, I, I think, maybe a good sneaky, low value if you're, quote-unquote, punting the position or trying to find someone super low because you, you really want to pay up at other positions. Matt Jones might be the, one of the guys. Um, anything else to add on running backs, Rick? I don't think so. I think you did pretty well there. Um, I think I think that's a good list for running backs that we have here. One thing I will add is to keep an eye on the Green Bay running back situation. Uh, Eddie Lacy did leave last week's game with an injury. Um, he hasn't been playing well to begin with. So if they do decide to hold him out this next week, uh, James Starks would be a 
great pick. You got to insert him into every almost every one of your lineups this week. Um, I mean the we've talked about it before. The Packers are playing the Lions. They're huge home favorites. Um, it's an eleven and a half point spread. So you figure if we know who's going to get the, the the carries in that backfield, you got to play him. And it's because Detroit's run D is so bad. Yeah, and Detroit has such a bad run D. As the situation stands right now, you don't really know what to do because Eddie Lacy, as poor as he's been performing, they have been still giving him the ball. He's not been producing. James Starks looks like the much better back, but he hasn't been getting the full workload with Lacy still in there. So, so we're checking injury reports. If Lacy's not playing... Starks is going in, in every lineup. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on here to wide receiver now. Um, I'm going to run through a couple names here real quick that I like this week. Um, going along with the Blake Bortles pick, um, I like, really I like either Allen Robinson or Hearns. Um, you can pick which one you like. One thing to note is that Hearns um, is dealing with a, with a foot injury, um, He's day-to-day right now. He's, he's, he's probably going to play on Sunday, but that's just something to monitor. Um, but Baltimore is giving up nearly 30 fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts, and the Jaguars have been on a tear lately with their wide receiver play. Um, Robinson is priced on FanDuel at 7500 um, Hearns is 7300 uh, but there's much bigger difference on DraftKings, which makes Hearns actually a better value there. Um, uh, but I do think Allen Robinson has a big week this week. Um, again, uh, Baltimore is just so bad against the pass that you need to target that defense. Um, them and the Saints really every week. Uh, the Saints this week are going up against Washington, so I am not quite sure who the clear-cut wide receiver in that offense would be, so that's why I'm kind of staying away from them. Uh, but... That could be a sneaky pick as well, one of the receivers in that offense. Um, number two, I'm going with Jarvis Landry as my wide receiver pick. Now, Jarvis Landry is at $7,000 on uh, FanDuel. Landry had a somewhat quiet game in terms of this final scoring output last week against the Bills, uh, but he did have 15 total touches, including 11 catches and four carries. So the Dolphins are clearly trying to get Landry involved in this offense as much as possible. Uh, This week, the Dolphins go up against Philadelphia, who has given up the third most points to fantasy uh, wide receivers at over 26 per game. Uh, His last two matchups were tough, going up against the Bills uh, last week and then the Patriots the week before, who most likely focused on taking Landry out of the game. Um, But he still managed over 10 points in each contest, Uh, So his floor is relatively high, and like I said, um, the Eagles are very vulnerable to the pass, um, and this is a game the Dolphins will be looking to stay in, so we should see a heavy uh, dose of Ryan Tannehill to Jarvis Landry this week. Jarvis Landry had 13 targets and four rushes last week. That's 17 times they tried to get Landry the ball last week. Yeah. Um, what were you thinking at, at wide receiver, Brian? Did you have any any top plays, any value plays? Well, uh, no, I completely agree. Robinson Landry are, are my top wide receiver plays this week. I'm paying down for wide receiver, paying up probably 
quarterback, uh, running back, and tight end this week. Um, some sneaky value plays, I think, is Brandon LaFell versus Washington. Uh, he's stealing a lot of targets. Uh, no, he's not playing Washington. Brandon Giants. LaFell versus the Giants, yep. who have a bad pass defense. Um, he's stealing a bunch of targets. Highest points uh, projected of the week. Um, and then a- a- another guy that I'm thinking about taking a flyer on in some of my tournament plays is uh, Deshaun Jackson because the Saints uh, on defense are bad. They're letting up points all over. They allowed Marcus Mariota to throw all over them last week. Um, Deshaun Jackson's a boomer bust player. He was coming off an injury last week. He had a bad week. I think this week he's going to step it up. They're at home uh, against a bad Saints defense. There, it, it, Deshaun Jackson might be worth taking a flyer on this week. That's that's my value. Pick I agree. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I think, good tournament play. Um, last week I played Pierre Garçon in a cash game, and it actually worked out pretty well for me. Uh, he's more of their possession-wide receiver. He's never going to put up a huge game for you. Um, but if you think that they're going to be throwing a lot, which they do most weeks, um, you know, we talked about this last week. Somebody in that, somebody on that offense has got to be putting up points. Who's it going to be? Right. Um, Deshaun Jackson has the potential to put up thirty points any week, really. And that's that's that's. Uh, what you said there really is a trigger for me is the Saints defense is bad enough that you want to it, it someone is scoring points last week we were beating our heads together trying to figure out who on Tennessee was going to score against New Orleans Delaney Walker scored a ton of points last week somebody on this skins offense is going to score points yep um, we also were, talked briefly about uh, Emmanuel and Thomas against a really... So Broncos' offense is going against the Chiefs' defense. Chiefs' pass defense is atrocious. They're allowing the most points to uh, fantasy-wide receivers. Over 30 points a game, they are surrendering to fantasy-wide receivers. So, uh, you know, we're... Someone in that... Denver wide receiving backfield is going to score points. Who's it going to be? Thomas, Demarius Thomas, and um, Emmanuel Sanders are priced right around the same. Sanders has been doing better, uh, Rick, in these past few weeks, I think. I like Emmanuel Sanders uh, because of the targets, um, because of his upside with, you know, running after the catch. Uh, But at the same time, this could be the week that Demarius Thomas really busts out and, and scores multiple touchdowns. So he's been kind of quiet the past couple of weeks, I want to say, as has the Broncos offense altogether. But even with the quiet offense, Emmanuel Sanders is still getting his targets. He's always going to get his, his 10 targets and probably more a game. Um, so that's why I like him uh, in this Broncos offense this week. Uh, I think it's uh, time to move on to tight ends. Um, we both agreed our number one tight end is uh, Jordan Reed. Again, going back to the somebody on the schemes that's going to score points. 
we think Jordan Reed is is the guy. He's got three touchdowns in those last two games. Um, the Saints give up the second most points to tight ends. They give up the second most points uh, as a team. And uh, I, I think Jordan Reed is healthy. Uh, Cousins likes throwing to him. Um, and the flip side of the Saints that, that makes them such an intriguing uh, fantasy partner, per se, is that their offense is also really, really good. So they're going to score points. So their defense is going to let up points. Their offense is going to score points. Therefore, those games are going to be shootouts. Your floor in those games is much lower or much higher, and so is your ceiling. Um, my number two tight end this week is Rob Gronkowski. Um, back to the whole New England uh, versus Giants highest point total of the week. We're, we're beating that to death. But uh, another thing that the Giants do is give up the uh, fourth most points to tight ends. Um, I think Brady to Gronkowski this week might be worth paying up for. And um, I have a value pick at uh, Gary Barnage uh, at the Steelers. So Steelers are favored at home. Browns are going to be thrown. Josh McCown is back. He likes throwing a Barnage. Um, the... Uh, Browns are underdogs. The Steelers give up the fifth most points to tight ends. Um, I think all signs are pointing to Barnage being a sneaky play this week, um, especially that he's had some quiet weeks with Manziel at quarterback. So you, you get your guy back and you start getting more targets. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that you know people aren't picking because he did have quite a few weeks there. That's a great point. Uh, Barnage, great pick this week with uh, McCown coming back. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, another guy who I think if you're going to completely punt the position, meaning you're going to take a minimum salary guy and hope that he hits it big. Um, he had a huge week last week. Um, he's, he's a red zone target, and that's pretty much all he is right now in this offense. But Richard Rodgers on the Green Bay Packers, uh, they are playing Detroit. They're, it's a, it's a 48-point uh, uh, point total projected, and they're 11.5-point favorites. So you figure they're going to score at least four touchdowns in this game. Somebody's got to do it, um, and he's, their, he's a huge red zone target for them. So he's, only, he's minimum salary on both FanDuel and DraftKings. So if you're looking for a guy who has a really low... F- Seal, a really low floor, but a possible high ceiling and a contrarian pick. Um, you might want to take a flyer on Richard Rodgers. I think uh, I think we both agreed that the St. Louis Rams defense is the defense to take this week. Um, they are playing against the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears let up a lot of return touchdowns, which is gives the St. Louis defense in special teams, which is good at returning touchdowns, a lot of added bonus. Um, Jay Cutler loves to throw interceptions and pick sixes. You hope to get one of those. Um, the Rams also have a, a, an amazing defense. The Jeremy Langford, the running back for the Bears, who, you know, uh, until we get later on in this week, we have to assume that Matt Forte probably isn't going to be playing, so... Bears got a rookie running back. 
who played well last week against a really, really bad Chargers D. Uh, I, I don't expect those same numbers. Um, and last week we talked about a little bit about taking the running back for the uh, home favored teams. We spoke today about that as well. Um, and pairing that running back with their the defense. So this week would be Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley is now at the top of the list, Rick. He's the most expensive running back, I think, on both websites. Yep. And he's going to – him and Devontae Freeman are going to be staying there, I think, every week. Freeman's on a bye this week, so you won't see him. But, yeah, I think that he's becoming the consensus number one. And, you know, maybe it's no coincidence that that St. Louis Rams defense is also the – almost consensus number one. Uh, but I agree the Rams are going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. Um, another defense I'm looking at is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are a defense that I will only play when they are at home. They, they really do well at home, and they're playing against uh, Houston this week. Um, they're 10.5-point favorites at home against Houston. Um, no Arian Foster, obviously. Uh, their quarterback situation is a bit of a mess with Hoyer back now, but um, they let Mallet go, and Hoyer's been hurt in and out. Um, so I really think Cincinnati's got a chance to also put up some big points for you this week. Um, any strategy this week did you want to talk about, Rick? You want to tell us what games you usually play um, in terms of, I mean... Are you playing these tournaments with a ton of people? Are you playing... What games are you playing? You know, I try to get in... I do try to get in the bigger field tournaments, um, even if they are 50-50s or double-ups, which I like to do, which would be considered cash games, um, because the reason they're considered cash games is a majority of the field is going to win money, um, by a majority, I would mean 50%. Um, but they're not going to win a large payout as you would in a tournament where only a small amount, say 10% of the field, is going to win money. Um, so I like to do the tournaments where you're good. it's low risk, low reward, um, but you're really just playing against the field. You're not really trying to have all the highest point totals out there each at each position. I'm trying to get some of the top point totals at each position, but at least be in the top five to ten everywhere. Um, that seems to be a good strategy for me. Uh, you know, like we talked about before, I, I, I target the games that have the high point totals. I target the games that I think are going to have good game flow. Um, something that we didn't actually talk about in our segment today was the Miami-Philadelphia game is that both of those offenses are real fast-paced offenses. Um, Philadelphia with Chip Kelly and then Miami, since they have gotten their interim coach coming out of the bye, um, ha has increased their offense by a lot in, in, in the amount of plays that they run. So that, in turn, could have a big effect on the fantasy players um, and just based on how many plays they're running. Um, I know that there's a statistic out there, I'm sorry I don't have it now, with the New England Patriots on how their offense is so fast-paced, they run sometimes twice as many plays offensively in a game than other teams do on a normal basis in a, in a normal game. So 
I mean, that just goes to show that the opportunity is there. Um, raising that ceiling. Yeah, it's raising that ceiling. It's the opportunity to score points. Um, it's the opportunity to get in the red zone. Um, and it's the opportunity for someone to make a play. Um, and so that's what we're looking for when we're making our picks. Uh, this week is tough because a lot of there are a lot of tough matchups out there. You look at some of the top guys, and they have tough matchups. You look at... Uh, um, Carson Palmer, he's going up against Seattle, uh, so that's a tough matchup there with Arizona and Seattle. Um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh is kind of a tough matchup because you want to take the Pittsburgh players because Cleveland's defense has been so poor this week, but with Roethlisberger out, you just don't know if you can trust them. Um, Tennessee had a big week last week with Mariota and Delaney Walker, but they're going up against Carolina this week, who has a very tough defense. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of pick and choose your games, uh, pick and choose your players. Um, and another thing is just knowing the, the scoring of the game you're playing because there's a big difference between playing on FanDuel and between playing on DraftKings. Um, and if you don't understand that when you're picking your players, that there's a big difference between a one-point PPR and a half-point PPR and yardage bonuses and things like that, you know, then you're already limiting yourself to, to your success and how well you're going to do. So, I'm a, I am a cash game player, Rick. That's, that, that's where I like to spend my bankroll for the week. But so now, just so, so just so everyone knows, what's, what's the difference between so, the cash game and the tournament? So I'm playing, I'm playing 50-50, so I'm, uh, you double your money if you win. Or I'm playing the triple ups. So the 50-50, the top half of the entries win. The triple up, about a third, top third, triple their money. And I like those because I feel like I am more likely to pick the high-scoring lineups for the week. Um, and I'm more likely to not... Lay clunkers, lay eggs. So when you're playing cash games, you can play all the highly popular picks and win. Where in the tournaments, in order to win the big money, you have to have the quote-unquote contrarian plays. So I think it's much easier to construct your lineups to double and triple your money each week um, instead of you know, putting in 10 entries in a tournament where only the perfect lineups are going to win. You know, that's just, that's just where my bankroll is going each week are the cash games. Yeah, and that does, it, it, you do kind of pigeonhole yourself at times with that because you could have a week where you're going to score a really high score. Um, you know, you're going to get up there into the 180s, 190s, but you're only going to double your $10. You're not, you're not going to score, right. you're not going to win any more than $10 or however much you bet. Low ceiling. So, you know, you, there's, there's two sides to that story. You want to be the, the guy who's on TV and says, I bet $10 and won $40,000. Um, but you really, you, that's, that's a giant risk in this game. I mean, if you're just betting these double ups and these triple ups, like Brian was just talking about, if you do your research, if you pick the right plays, you have a good chance of doubling, tripling your money each and every week. 
Uh, Last so. week's tournament winners scored over 200 points. That's how many points you needed to score last week to win the tournaments. So, I mean, that's a real, that's a real tough roll of the dice. Um, if you look at it last week, and I don't have the, the tournament winners up here in front of me, it might not have been that, that tough of a... You probably look at their lineup and think, oh, I could have done that. I could have put that together. But the chances that you picked every person at each position to make a lineup to score that many points is very, very rare. I mean, if you look at the guys in the perfect lineup, a lot of them were, were in our podcast last week. I mean, we, we talked about them. We told you to play them. But it's the outside guys, the the Marcus Mariotas and the... And Cole Beasley, the Cole Beasleys, you know, like those are the guys that are you really just can't predict the output there. Um, you can do as much as you can, but you really just don't know. And do you do you want to? Do you feel good enough about them to put them in your lineup? You know, that's the question. That's why tournaments um, are a little more. You're gonna take flyers on guys, guys that you you aren't sure they could put up zero points, but you don't know. Cole Beasley could put up thirty. So the contrarian picks. Yep. Rick, little off topic. Did you ever play Super Mario World for SNES? Oh yeah, I was a bit, I was a big Super Mario guy. Did you beat it? I did. Yeah, you have to uh, beat every level twice. Actually, you have to beat it once frontwards and then once backwards or something. Did you get all the Yoshi levels? All the, the Yoshi different levels. Yoshis. Went to Star World. What did Yoshi eat? What was that? Apples. Some kind of fruit. Yeah, they were, they were apples on a tree. Yeah, you're right. You need all those little apples. And Super Mario World, that was a breakthrough game in video gaming. That's all the Mario games were, really. I mean, you think about original Mario or NES, Super Mario World, Mario 64 was huge. Um, that's really when I stopped playing the Mario games, but I heard that the, the Wii one was actually really, really cool, too. Well, as Rick likes to say, we're entering a trepidatious time in fantasy football. I hope you guys have a good week, and uh, good luck. Good luck.